Netcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. Bandwidth for Tech News Today is provided by Cashfly at C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com. This is Tech News Today, live from Orlando for Monday, March 7th, 2011. Tech News Today is brought to you by MailRoute.info. MailRoute is a secure hosted service that provides enterprise-grade virus and spam filtering to companies of any size. Try it right now, absolutely free, at MailRoute.info. Welcome to Tech News Today. I'm Tom Merritt. And holding on the fort in Petaluma, I'm Sarah Lane. I'm Darren Kitchen. And I'm Jason Howell. And this is still the show where we kick around the tech news of the day and try to make some sense of it all for you. I am out uh, for a speaking engagement at a conference here in Orlando, Florida. But thanks to Sarah and Darren for holding down the fort, as they say. We're holding. Absolutely. It keeps holding wanting steady. to rise, but we're, hey, we've got hey. we've got a good grip. Are you holding <laughs> down the fort? Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know if anyone else is going to think that's funny, but I did. France is uh, holding the line against cyber attacks. Uh, apparently, the uh, the French Ministry, Bercy, the head office of the French Ministry of Economy, Finance, and Industry, uh, was hit by a cyber attack over the weekend. It seems they think to have been an attempt to find documents related to the G20, which France is the uh, rotating head of. Right now, <laughs> rotating head makes him sound like the exorcist. There is a rotating <laughs> head in the G20, and France is that head right now. Uh, the ministry has been forced to shut down over 10,000 computers to fight the uh, hack, and uh, they, they've traced the hack back to China. But you know how these things go. I mean, everything gets traced back to China. I could trace my lunch back to China if I wanted to. I mean, What's it doesn't mean that the hack originated yep. there. I know, it's like either, either China really is... Uh, th- where all these attacks originate, or people are just being mean at this point. No, or people just, just don't update their uh, their Windows machines, and then they get owned, and then everybody just bounces their traffic through there. You know, now, it's a red herring. A CNET article about this story said that the attack has been ongoing since December. So why are we just now hearing about it? Is because you know the French government is worried enough to well, take it public? Well, it sounds like they've been cleaning it up for quite some time. Yeah, they, they explained that it uh, most likely. The vector of attack was actually a Trojan horse sent by email. Mm. I don't know how many times we have to say don't open attachments. Yeah, I guess we didn't we say did it in French. Th- That's what it was. I don't know how to say it in French. Mm-hmm. L'attachement, don't open. <laughs> <laughs> no say, open. No. <laughs> we, need, we need Patrick Meja, stat. Uh, yeah, so I know it's a good question. I mean, it, I guess over the weekend it got really bad, and that's mm-hmm. when they finally noticed it, that, that some really nasty stuff was going on, and, and they've been able to to shut it down now. But uh, They also had to they, shut down about 10,000 uh, internal computers, so that's obviously putting a real damper on getting day-to-day work done as well. <laughs> you know the French, so they're, they're, they're used to strikes. <laughs> right. They're just like, I didn't even notice. Lunch the will be down. longer today. The trains not to like. All right. Uh, well, tell you what's not to like anything that's changed by Facebook ever. Uh, oh, Facebook, right. Facebook thought they were doing a good thing. Uh, you guys have heard of Discuss. Yes. There's a few yeah. other services like that that allow you to uh, replace the commenting system on your blog with some more robust tools, usually to keep out spammers. Well, Facebook is an obvious candidate for this. So they, they've come out with a commenting alternative allows you on your blog uh, to replace the comments with a few lines of JavaScript and use Facebook 
as your commenting system. Now, one of the side effects of this is uh, everyone who comments on your blog has to use their real name. Uh, they have to log in with their Facebook ID. TechCrunch has been doing this uh, for about a week, as, as have a few other sites kind of testing it for Facebook. Uh, MG Sigler has a... Um, a post up about kind of where it's at with them. They found that the quality of the posts have gone up for the most part. Uh, the number of posts have gone way down. And he worries that they might be a little sycophantic, that most people seem a little too enthusiastic. So instead of trolls, they now have people who just can't say anything but nice things. Is that bad? Well, I mean, I think it, it's interesting how people seem to be on one side of the fence on this or the other. I love the idea of this because... Um, you know, taking away that it's Facebook for a second, it could be any company. Let's say I choose to use Darren's new commenting system, whatever, and it forces me to be myself, to, to comment as myself. And you, know, you can't use, uh, you know, weird profile picture. Well, you can use real profile pictures, but it has to be associated with your real true identity. You now go back to the old days where, you know, five people are in a room and I say something to Darren and he knows that I said it and he can respond accordingly. And it sort of is undoing the years and years and years that we've gotten used to comments being a certain way where some people are themselves, but most people aren't. They're anonymous and comments in anonymous ways that can sometimes be nasty or, you know, a little bit more forward. So I like the idea of getting rid of some of that BS and going back to, you know, getting more down to the core of what an actual conversation will be like. But Tom, yeah, you bring up a good point that then you start getting into this weird, like, yeah, overly enthusiastic. What's your real motive for writing that comment just now and the liking and the thumbs up? And then, of course, there's the Facebook factor where someone, uh, you know, a company like Discuss or Livefire is another good example. They're a commenting system that, yes, is all controlled by a certain company. But on Discuss, for example, you can log in and connect it to your Facebook account, your Twitter account, uh, maybe your Tumblr account. So there's, uh, you know, your Google profile Facebook is just Facebook. So again, it's that it's that And that's why as a site owner, I'm just thinking, no, why would I ever go ahead and give my comments to Facebook? You no longer own that and that's that's really, you know, especially in this day and age, that is so much of what your business is if that's what you're doing online is your communications with your audience uh and to to give that away to a third party in that sense. I understand the allure because it's pretty slick, right? Because as a client, you just log in. You're just like, oh, well, mm-hmm. since I already have Facebook open in another tab, I'm already logged in. There's, it lowers the barrier to entry. But then on the, the flip side of that, it's do I really want – and just like a face, Facebook has changed the way that the like button works where now it posts on your, your, your uh, feed and whatnot, do I really want every time I'm going to go ahead and post a comment, say, on Engadget or Gizmodo or some other blog, do I want that to be – like in my feed so that everyone knows I did it. Now, maybe I only want people that are there in that space to see that and identify, oh, Darren Kitchen, that's that guy from that thing. Not necessarily everybody that follows me on Facebook. Yeah. Well, and that's the point of uh, Steve Cheney over at Business Insider. He, he had a column today saying people are not going to be authentic anymore when they know that every single person, all 700 folks on Facebook are going to see everything they say. There are things that you want to say, not in private, but in a, in a place where, you know, it's less likely that grandma is going to see it, right? And so you express yourself differently. With the Facebook commenting system, everyone on Facebook can see everything that you write because it's also showing up on your Facebook account. Uh, and, and, that, and that's what he says makes us not be authentic because we're basically in the public square all the time. Robert Scoble says that's a bunch of crap, uh, that, you know, people are, are going to be authentic because 
they're forced to identify who they are and that whistleblowers won't be squashed because what really actually affects change is when somebody stands up with their real identity and asks for change rather than kind of slipping it in under the gun. Uh, I think there's still room for whistleblowing in a world where TechCrunch is using Facebook as their commenting system. I, I don't think it really really is going to change the fact that somebody's going to anonymously be able to whistleblow. Uh, and it, it's an old argument. Back at Tech TV, when we were still on ZDNet.com, uh, in the ZDTV days, we argued over whether talkback on stories uh, mm-hmm. should be moderated or unmoderated. And the fact was, it was always better when it was moderated. It was always better when somebody had to log in and have their comment approved than it was otherwise, even if that had a slight chilling effect on the speech. Well, and you know, TechCrunch, obviously, just being one example of a company that's trying this out, and they've been careful to point out, listen, this is just a tryout. It's not like we've entered into some exclusive agreement with Facebook where we have to do this for a year or anything. But... The TechCrunch folks, I mean, the argument is always, well, if you don't allow people to comment anonymously to be able to express themselves when maybe they don't want uh, to be outed, uh, you're going to get less engagement overall. TechCrunch says that their their, uh, traffic numbers haven't gone down at all. Not at all. So there you go. I mean, what what does it tell you? You you get rid of trolls and nothing else is adversely affected? Sounds pretty good to me. I I just wish that it could live in an environment where you can offer it as an option while still maintaining the ability to have threads and conversations with those that don't necessarily want to use it. I wish it wasn't an all-or-nothing kind of ordeal. Let's move on to Google uh, using the remote kill swatch to kill those 58-some malware apps that showed up in the Android store. They were We reported last week that they were removed from the Android marketplace. Uh, Google now says they're going to reach out into people's phones and remove the apps. They can do this because they were bought through the Android marketplace, and they have the ability through the Android marketplace to take apps away. That way, anybody who still didn't hear about the malware will have the malware removed. Uh it looks like all that, that the bad software went after was the sp- device-specific codes, the IMEI or IMSI unique codes uh, for the mobile devices. Um, but Google's still trying to fix this bug. They say it's fixed in Android 2.2.2, but not everybody gets Android 2.2.2. Yeah, absolutely. I actually have an eclair in my pocket. That is to say my phone is running 2.1, and that's because Sprint and, and uh, hasn't come to terms with Samsung, as we've talked about before, with uh, a... With the Froyo or even now Gingerbread update here for our phones, uh, so it's just it irks me to see that um, that something like this would happen, and, and I'm really skeptical about whether or not this security fix is going to be deployed properly because we even have even seen the operating system deploy, deployed properly. Yeah, I, I, it, there's a lot of different ways that they have to, to fix it, too. I mean, they can patch the Android marketplace, but that means somebody's going to have to update the Android marketplace, and that can stop these kinds of malware from showing up uh, in, in catalogs. But uh, but honestly, you know, it, it there's a problem when the, the carriers get to decide when your operating system gets updated for security, and this is a perfect example of that. Yeah, moreover than that, I'm concerned about whether, you know, even though Google can throw out that kill switch and remove an app, that's not to say that any payload that that app subsequently downloaded. So people are reporting that, oh, okay, well, the app only got your IMEI and a couple other unique identifying information about your, your device. Uh, but what's not to say that it hasn't downloaded additional payloads? Or at least that's what uh, I was talking to Georgia Weedman about, uh, who actually was uh, demonstrating a transparent botnet uh, control system for Android uh, phones at the ShmooCon conference here in December, I believe. And... Um, 
and yeah, I believe that she actually put out all of her source code for that and everything. And it's just kind of funny, but this is the second time now that this has been um, that Google has needed to use that kill switch. The first time was actually for a proof of concept, and now this. Does um has has Google been able to give an indication of how many folks are affected? By using something under Android 2.2? I read I mean, something how many like, people are we talking I read something, about? when this originally broke on androidpolice.com, I was originally reading something about 200,000 oh. that had downloaded the uh, 21 different apps that were basically recompiled. Mm-hmm. Uh, wh- wh- I, I don't know if you guys covered this in detail in previous weeks, but the top 20-some apps were downloaded and uh, republished with right. some extra fun stuff. Right. And, and so if you were searching in the market for that particular game or whatever, it would pop up in the search results pretending to be it. So, so if you didn't know better. You so a, a large number of people possibly yeah. affected yeah. by oh, this. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Yeah. All right, let's take a, a quick break and thank our sponsor, MailRoute at MailRoute.info. Uh, if you haven't heard about them, MailRoute can protect you from spam, from viruses. Make your email address usable again, especially if you host your own email, whether it's for a small business, uh, a small enterprise, or if you just have your own domain name and maybe you do it for your family or just yourself, you want to give MailRoute a try. It will take all of that spam out, take all of those viruses out, and keep them in a vault far, far away from you. You can go check on them if you want to make sure there's no false positives uh but they say we don't have false positives and i've been using it for almost a year now and i have not seen a false positive yet uh it's amazing what they're able to do it can revive an email account i highly recommend you give it a shot mailroute.info uh one user or fifty thousand users it doesn't matter there's nothing for you to do but edit your mx record or have someone who runs your domain for you edit your mx record to route all that stuff through mailroute servers so they can clean it up before it comes back to you sign up as a twit listener you'll receive 10 percent off the lifetime of your account. Small business accounts start at $2 per user per month. Uh, and because of demand for single users from the Twit Army, they now have an individual user program, $30 per user per year for single users. Visit mailroute.info, sign up with the email filtering that me and Leo use. And now, like John Dvorak, we don't get spam. Well, at least in the stuff that we use MailRoute to filter. <laughs> Real quick, uh, Tom, if you'd like to spam some Android phones or send some from it and want to learn about that uh, rootkit code that we were just talking about, uh, I spoke with Georgia Weedman at the ShmooCon conference, and you can find more on her blog about that. I've t- made a tinyurl.com forward slash Android botnet. All right, uh, let's move on to the judge okaying a subpoena for the PS3 hacker account. Uh, Magistrate Judge Joseph S. Sparrow of San Francisco awarded uh, Sony a subpoena allowing IP addresses of everyone who has visited geohot.com since January 2009. Have you gone there, Darren? Yeah, I've been there. Have you downloaded anything from Then your IP address? Yes, but when I went there, I went there from my Virginia IP address. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Wow, I've got two here. Thanks. This is uh, Allison, by the way. <laughs> Hi, uh, Allison. From this one's yours. Oh, that one's that one's yours. Okay. Did you buy her she, a drink too? She read my read my mind and brought me a whiskey. I just you needed uh, saw a little fresher. I, I know it's not uh, uh, it's not Liquid Friday, but I thought it'd be okay on a Monday. Yeah, it's a, for for me. Yeah, I'm in Florida, so. Oh, okay. All right. Have fun. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thanks for bringing me out here. Too. Where um where where's ours? <laughs> Yeah. No, oh, want they wanted to know where theirs rude. is. I'm really thirsty now. Very rude. She said, She said, what's your room number? <laughs> oh, right. You're not in Florida. Sarah and Darren and Jason. Oh, Sarah, Darren and Jason. I love you guys. Oh, <laughs> thanks. 
We'd love you more if you would have brought us a whiskey, but it's cool. You can send yours to 548 Market Street. (laughs) 548 Market Street. Number 39371. (laughs) All right. Uh, Anyway, so yes, so everybody who's who's visited uh, geohot.com since January 2009, anyone who's visited geohotps.3.blogspot.com, the YouTube subpoena demands data to identify anybody who watched the video and documents reproducing all records or usernames and IP addresses of those that have posted or published comments in response to the video. Other, wow. I'm not done yet. Other subpoenas give Sony access to Twitter, uh, demanding the disclosure of all of Hotz's tweets and documents sufficient to identify all names and addresses and telephone numbers associated with the Twitter account and information about his account on the PSX scene website. I kind of have to laugh about the YouTube comments, as we all know. I mean... Talk about bad sure. comments. You know, right. YouTube comment, you lame, and all of a sudden, but they're someone's for, knocking down my door wondering. Sony's looking for every morsel of information that they can get because otherwise, uh, what, what they're trying to do is is tie together GOIP of the IP addresses of the commenters so that they can say, oh, look, there was a substantial amount of people mm-hmm. that were involved in this, the audience that were in Northern California, so that they can continue this case here in San Francisco rather than Hotz's home, uh, uh, home state of New Jersey. Right. I'm not sure why they need the uh, identities of anyone who's commented on a YouTube video in order to prove distribution. But there you go. Judge Sparrow thinks they do. This is a perfect reason why people should be using Tor for kind of kinds of things like this, because it would be completely anonymize anybody that were to go to this sort of site. I know that it, it adds a huge barrier to entry, though. All right. Uh, so, um, I wanted to kind of mention, though, before we get going on that story. Sorry, Tom. Yeah, yeah, it's, sure. a little, it's a little more difficult with you not being in the room. But uh, I, I think that this is one of these things where I feel like the Library of Congress needs to step in here because they have that ability every three years to go ahead and uh, and make exceptions to the DMCA because that's what Sony is suing HOTS based on. And the, uh, the Register of Copyrights makes recommendations to the Library of Congress uh, every three years and they can determine whether or not, you know, something, a, a technological measure or a, uh, uh, a, an access of control of some copyrighted work is used to make um, to make non-infringing if, if you're trying to use some technology in non-infringing uses they can make exceptions and they've gone ahead and done that uh, what was it in uh, 20 uh, just here uh, in 2010 so, or well, last they, they year. actually review it regularly and the, and the most recent review included an exception for jailbroken iPhone yeah jailbroken iPhones it also actually included uh, a provision for video games if you're circumventing the copyright protection on like for example a PC game where um, it, it was for non-infringing uses that was one of those things so it's just a, you know I feel like this is one of these things where the Library of Congress seems to step in make a DMCA exception that's saying hey if you're allowed to if they're the same people that are saying it's cool to bra- break the copyright on your game so you can legitimately use it if they're the ones that are saying that you can legitimately jailbreak your iphone so that you can use it to its full extent well the the people that are you know uh geohot and all of you know the people that are, are using this are doing this so that they can play homebrew they can put linux back on the ps3 as it was originally meant to be and not necessarily so that they can you know pirate video games that's just a subsequent thing that that, that happens I, I think maybe what would be good is if Congress stepped in and said, hey, you know what? Writing a law that presumes you're guilty, yeah. even if you're trying to do something that's fair use, should, it, it shouldn't be a law. Or maybe that'll come out in the Geohot case. He plans to use that as a defense to say, hey, 
iPhones are jailbreakable. Mm-hmm. If the Library of Congress gives them a, an exemption for that, why can't I have an exemption for jailbreaking my PS3 as long as I'm not using it to violate copyright? He very well could get part of the DMCA turned over. I doubt he will, but this is how it happens. I don't know. But the, the thing happen. is, the thing I love about Geohot in this case is that he's not bowing down to. Um, uh, to Sony whatsoever. In fact, if you go to geohot.com, you'll find the links where he's actually raised enough money for, I guess you would say, his first round of uh, legal defense. So that's awesome. He's also rapping. I, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, rapping. that's one of the things I like about him here, yeah. too. I <laughs> uh, got a few rumors coming from CTIA. CTIA starts in, right here in Orlando, actually, March 22nd. Uh, and Sprint was noticeably absent at Mobile World Congress with any big announcements. They also didn't have a lot of big announcements at CES, so everyone's looking at CTIA to see if Sprint's going to let another shoe drop because they have a lot of feet. In uh, Gadget reporting on good authority from their sources that we might see three different products from Sprint at CTIA during their two-and-a-half-hour-long death march of a press announcement. Uh, Nexus S 4G, which would be the Samsung Nexus S, but just with WiMAX capability. Uh, an Evo 3D which would be similar to the LG 3D phone, I'm guessing, the lenticular lens, that kind of thing. And an Evo View, which would be an Evo tablet mm-hmm. from Sprint. And I'm, I'm guessing HTC makes these, but I'm not entirely sure. Well, you know... En- this is all rumor. Of course, yeah. I mean, Engadget has unnamed sources, but again, the Engadget points out, listen, nobody books two and a half hours for an announcement and says something great's coming unless they've... I don't know. They've got something to talk they got, about. They got that's that. Long, e- got that the last time. phone that they came out was was the e- Evo Shift 4G. Maybe they're just going to be talking about that for two hours. Well, I mean, it, let's well hope done not. Again, it was kind of a dud. I'm really hoping that this. Actually, what I'm really hoping is that these new Evo devices come out with gingerbread, and that you know that spurs you know gingerbread to trickle through to the rest of the Evo line. Wonder how that I, Evo 3D's battery life is going to be. <laughs> I want Will an Evo 3D with traditional the, Evo, Evo battery life. I hope that the <laughs> exactly. Evo 3D means that it has stereoscopic cameras on the back. That would be super cool. A uh, little minor uh, substantiality to this rumor, and Gadget went and tried all of the variations of those product names on the Sprint website. Uh, and when they went to Sprint.com slash Evo 3D and Sprint.com slash Evo View, they were redirected to the Sprint homepage rather than being taken to a page not found, hmm. which implies that those those directories are at least in the system. They're not just you know totally unused directories. Uh, and even better is when they went to now.sprint.com slash Nexus, it took you to an actual landing page mm. that says, we're not quite ready yet. Come back soon. Oh, wow. Uh, so all see of these directories, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. All, all of these directories bear out the idea that maybe these are at least product names that they're playing around with, if not actual products to come out at CTIA. So we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, finally, Skype will start serving ads in the U.S., Germany, and U.K. ahead of their upcoming IP, stock IPO. Uh, I guess they want people to buy their stock. They're like, look, we can make money. We promise. Besides just subscriptions. Uh, so if you're in the Germany, uh, in the Germany, uh, because there is only one now, U.K. and the U.S., uh, and you're using Windows Skype desktop client, you may, on certain days, see an ad on your home tab. Uh, they say they're only going to have one ad per day per user, and you may not have an ad on certain days. They're going to take this very slowly. Hmm. You will not be having ads during your calls. That's nice. It's not going to pop up and be like, Merkinzie on advertisement? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. I mean, this is inevitable, right? 
I mean, yeah, we I all mean, knew we that all... Skype was going to have ads implemented right. at some point. Just like we were talking about when Twitter got ads, and I was one of the people that were like, hooray, Twitter's a good service. I want it to stick around. If that's what they have to do to maintain, go ahead. What doesn't have Thank ads? you for using the Skype service. Your Skype call is being brought to you by Chesterfield. <laughs> yeah, please, no. Yeah, Manchester, please, excuse please me. no. <laughs> the whole it's audio good. portion of, you know, the ad model should should probably be left out of Skype calls. Mm-hmm. But we'll have to see. Again, well, if it was read it, by the uh, Skype call testing service lady. Yeah, oh, yeah, she. No, it would get old quick. Yeah, you'd no. start to like Skype lady a lot less. Yeah, no, uh, I don't know, man. Interesting that it's book. just the uh, the Windows desktop client for now. Mm-hmm. Doesn't affect me. I'm not going to see any ads at least. Well, just like in the, the immediate future. Just like the the Twitter app doesn't affect me because I'm on the Android client. Yeah, in fact, so before the, the show, I was talking about the <clears throat> the bar, the, the the dick bar, mm-hmm. named after the CEO. Um, that, that's why it's called the Dick Bar. And Darren was like, "What? His name is Dick Talking Yeah, about? I don't have yes, the Dick Bar. Yeah, so uh, you know that is, um, and, and you know, uh, Twitter's going to pull back on that a little bit because people have been so upset by the implementation and how intrusive it is. So uh, we'll just it'll be uh, remains to be seen uh, if people will get up in arms about Skype what I find or not, so interesting about not this a surprise. Is Skype has been around for years. We've l- relied on this so much, and up until now. They've only, you know, had a premium service for for businesses that you could pay for, but no other like advertising or other ways to monetize the service. And when you think about it, it's like, well, what is the service aside from, you know, I understand the cost involved in in developing that platform, that that closed proprietary platform that it is, but it's based on a mesh network technology where they're, you know, I, I can't imagine what their, you know, infrastructure costs must be when all Skype calls are being routed through all other Skype peers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you know, it's all those SMS messages. Yeah, okay. That you use to post your Twitter. Actually, I, I don't think I've I've posted on Twitter via SMS uh, since iOS got apps. Mm. I haven't since I posted Martin Sargent's phone number uh, because I <laughs> misused the DM feature. Oh, yeah. Because the DM feature, it doesn't work the way that you think it's going to work. You don't type and DM. I made a couple D. of mistakes, and after that one, I was like, can't be trusted. Not going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I haven't used it since. All right, folks. Uh, you want to be more productive at work? We have mm-hmm. got a study for you. This also comes from Germany. Uh, L. Reinsicki? Reinsicki? Uh, sure. Reinsicki? Yeah. Of the Hamburg Media School at the University of Hamburg in, in Hamburg, Germany. In the Germany. In, in the only Germany. Mm-hmm. Uh, has produced research proving, according to io9's headline, that online gaming at work is good for you and for your boss because it makes you a more productive worker. Uh, The thesis is that workers, when confronted with tasks requiring concentration, become fatigued, perform less efficiently, and they need four things to be able to recover from that fatigue. Psychological detachment from work, relaxation, mastery experiences, doing things that you feel good about, that you're in control of, and then four, feeling in control in general. Uh, What recreational tasks fulfill these? Games. (laughs) Yonder... Okay, but here's the here's where the study goes bad. The author emailed 10,000 users of a popular online gaming portal, got 1,212 to complete a survey, and questioned them regulating their gaming habits, gave each of them a five-euro credit to the gaming site, and the survey revealed that online gaming seems to ease recovery from job fatigue. Well, uh, of course they would say that. They want to game. I'm sorry, I wasn't really paying attention of been playing quake three this well, whole time at least you're more productive 
least you're more productive. Yeah, but I've got the Twig Three sound effects going. <laughs> oh, we've been through we've been through seven stories. I need to do some online gaming. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, this is this is the sort of thing it's easy to laugh at because you go, well, of course they're going to say that online gaming is helping them, you know, get through the day better. Well, but there is something to be said about that. It's like taking a walk around the block. I mean, you need to take yeah. breaks yes. and you, you know, blow off steam however you blow off steam. Yeah. And, and you know what? Do they necessarily mean like during your work day? I mean, Tom, tell me when you, you were tech, at Tech TV, did you not like after five o'clock go ahead and load on StarCraft because you were on a LAN, right? Oh, hell yeah. At CNET, I used to play Warcraft in the evenings just to take a break. You know, I mean, yeah, Jason caught me a couple times. Uh, so, 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 yeah, I mean, it, it, you do need that break. I, I don't necessarily have a problem with the conclusions of this study. I just don't think the study actually proves it yet. The study sort of points the way for further research, mm. right? Just like that, that study we had about cell phone radiation where they found that, you know, strapping a cell phone to somebody's head while it transmitted raised the temperature of that side of the brain. That's good research. That helps us take a step. It doesn't prove anything about what radiation does to your brain yet. It's a piece in the puzzle. And that's what he's doing here. He's he's making a piece in the puzzle that says, okay, now we've done this survey and we found out that people report, self-report that this is, you know, let's do a controlled study. Let's bring some people in. Let's see if we can study these effects in a more definitive way. Um, but I do think that I'm a big believer that you can't just work constantly yeah. all the time. And especially now that I do a lot more work on my own time than I ever did before. Mm -hmm. I find that that's even more true that I have to stop myself from working and say, take a break. Yep. You'll be more productive if you just give this a few minutes and come back. And to you it. know, and you know what? It's different than too. Sorry to interrupt. No, I was just going to say that's why Insta Gib matches were made because you know they go real quick. Um. Yeah. All right. I don't even know whether to finish that one. I, was that a joke? <laughs> I, was, well, I was talking to Tom about how, you know, when you, when you work, your, your, you know, when you work on your own no or in your own office there. or for yourself or in a situation like that, yeah, I take little breaks as well, but they have to be really quick gaming matches. And I, I, I was actually thinking about what particular games might be well suited for different like departments and stuff. Say if you're an accountant, maybe a little 10 minute break there to play some Farmville where you're thinking about and your mind's in this mode of like crunching numbers and you're like, oh, I got to get the potatoes or whatever it is that you do in Farmville. Mm -hmm. or, I don't know. Maybe it maybe needs to be totally different though. Like maybe it needs to be an entire break. You, you think maybe if you're in HR, you should be playing The Sims, you know, you toy with some no, people. I think, yeah, I think you got to do the opposite. I think HR people should be playing first person shooters okay, so that they won't end up shooting all of the people that work for them. Yeah. Just get that out of their system. See, that's the study the I want to see. managers are always the worst. Yeah, or, you know, you've got some sort of a mathematical tetrisy kind of a thing mm, when you just need yeah. to like let. It's almost like a meditation thing, exercise for ten minutes. You're just oh, I've had just, the eureka moment while like waiting for that long block, you know, the L block in Tetris, and you're like, uh, and then boom, you know, you realize the yes. meaning of life, yeah, yeah. Uh, or at least what you need to do next. No, it's where I left the semicolon in my C plus plus code. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> really? And Tetris taught you that? No, that's the then when he was putting the, the semicolon back in his C++ code, he had this realization of how to make that Tetris block fit. Yeah. Oh, maybe the, maybe I was programming the Tetris game. I'm remembering it wrong because I'm, I'm trying to do this podcast, but I'm also like trying to feed my farm here. Sorry. Yeah, I'll, you, I'll get back to the that, podcast. We'll start the news fuse. I feel like I should be running away from the flames. <gasps> yeah, it is kind of scary. Uh, broken DRM schemes did not work. Suing the fans was a disaster. Third time's a charm, right? 
the International Music Trade Group, IFBI, has found a new way to shut down piracy. It cut off the pirate site's ability to accept major credit cards. Both the credit card companies and the UK police have agreed to act on the music industry complaints. Who needs judges when the police will carefully examine the evidence? And the credit card companies uh, agree to just believe whatever they say. Facebook just finalized their list of accepted ad networks for use within Facebook apps. And guess who wasn't invited to dinner? I'll give you one guess. Tom and Google. So two. A big company and one very big man. I knew they had AdSense was not on the list of approved services and all Facebook would say, this is kind of snotty, so I'll read it in a snotty way. Any missing ad network has has yet to agree to the Facebook TOS. So we know what they mean. Basically, Google was being a jerk about data portability, so Facebook can be a jerk about ads. And who loses here? Not really anybody except the developers. 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 Hey, you, the Zoom user. Yeah, yeah. Okay, go ahead and root that device. You can just root it until the cows come home because you're still going to get 4G. Motorola has officially confirmed that it will attempt to perform 4G upgrades on all Verizon wireless riding Zoom tablets it receives from users, rooted or not. They say that you'll probably have a better chance at upgrading if you just go ahead and get the Virgin firmware, reinstall that. But they're also up for giving it a try. They just don't make any guarantees. Listen up, Sony. That's how you do it. That's is how you do it. Western Digital just announced a monstrous deal to acquire one of its primary competitors, Hitachi Global Storage Technologies. That's right. They just bought Hitachi. Under the deal, which is a mix of $3.5 billion in cash and $750 million in Western Digital common stock, the two will combine in a way that sees the Western Digital brand survive by Hitachi-branded hard drives. Uh, and Steve Milligan, president and CEO of Hitachi, will join Western Digital as president. On a serious note, following several reports of Facebook users announcing their intention to commit suicide online, Facebook and UK and Ireland-based Samaritans.org have teamed up to allow other users to report their friends who may be considering suicide or seeming as though they may be considering suicide. So anybody worried about a friend can fill out a form that asks for the Facebook pages where the messages are posted, the user's name, any networks or groups that they might be um, involved with, and then suicide-related alerts will be escalated to the highest level for attention by Facebook's user operations team. That's good stuff. Yeah. Now, we've heard about how the Verizon iPhone data speeds are slower than AT&T, but according to a new study by analysis firm Metrico, they may be even slower than we first thought. What? AT&T's iPhone download speeds are about double that of the speed of the Verizon iPhone. Although, really, the latter, they, they've, got you, they've got them beat on reliability, for sure. Now, Metrico notes the average browser load times, though, on both devices, about the same. <laughs> yeah. I would have never guessed that. Uh, the QT framework, which I know is pronounced cute. cute. Everyone always emails me that. So I say QT because there's a lot of people not familiar with it, and they might not think I'm just saying. It's a cute little framework. Cutie. Anyway, cute framework owned by Nokia is the heart and soul of the Symbian and Mego development. So uh, that's not good news because Nokia is de-emphasizing Mego and Symbian. No surprise that Nokia is ditching the framework by selling the cute commercial licensing and service businesses to Digia. Nokia assures us it will continue continue to invest in QT development, and it can afford to, because according to Bloomberg, Microsoft is paying Nokia in excess of $1 billion for the Windows Phone 7 deal. That's the deal that led to the Mego Symbian demise. Oh, I wonder Circle what that means for GTK. I guess we'll find out. Stamp haters, rejoice! Hooray! Why? Well, I'll tell you. The Stamp. Swedish Postal Stamps Service... Are lame. <laughs> 
stamps are lame, and here's why, says Sweden. Uh, Swedish Postal Service plans to allow citizens to pay their postage via mobile phone text message instead of stamps. So what happens is the users will send a text to a specific number, and then they'll get a special code sent back. That code then gets written down on the physical piece of mail instead of you know licking a stamp and attaching a stamp to the to the mail no word on the official launch date in sweden they say not you know, nowhere before um the summer but a similar system is set to launch in denmark on april 1st sweden and denmark both say hey people are going to send letters we're not trying to keep people from sending letters this is just the more the easier way to to go about it and i have to agree because i haven't owned stamps for well over a year and and really? I have to send a letter so infrequently that then I have to go to some sort just, of FedExy oh. store and buy a stamp. Sir, just mess. just frank your mail. Yeah, yeah. If you're not franking your mail, you're doing it wrong. Yeah, if you're you're, you're wasting a lot of money on postage. Yeah, seriously, it's free. Just write Frank. Wikipedia dot com or dot org slash franking. Learn more. Uh, so b- before we uh, get into the the calendar, do, do should we talk about Charlie Sheen? No, this whole internet? so over that. No. I mean, we're winning, right? Already, I don't need Buy Charlie winning. Sheen to tell me how to buy win. Losers. All right, uh, fine. Then we'll talk about giant moon caverns. Okay. Yeah, that sounds <laughs> Is that good. Not good enough for you, scientists. No, I did, I'd like research. to know more. Who doesn't love giant moon caverns? This, this. Let me tell you who loves them the most. Scientists at the Indian Space Research Organization who have discovered a giant underground chamber on the moon, which they think could be used as a base by future astronauts on manned missions to the moon. Uh, an analysis by an instrument on Chandrayaan-1 revealed a 1.7-kilometer-long, 120-meter-wide cave near the moon's equator. That's the Oceanus Procolarum area of the moon. That's no moon. That's a site for a base station inside of a cavern. Uh, Tom, I was going to say it's it's you know it's one of the warnings that we should give to the future astronauts of the moon that may go to this cavern. Watch out, you might be eaten by a Gru. Mm, yeah, don't go in there w- without a flashlight. Trust me. Yeah, I wish we uh, had talked about Charlie Sheen. <laughs> 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 Sorry. So Sorry. the moon mole men have Adonis DNA. Very good. Calendar time. Pwn to Own starts on Wednesday at Cansec West. Uh, WebKit just got patched, so you should expect uh, Safari to be patched before the contest. But Charlie Miller, who you may know as the, the Safari Poner three years in a row now, is very confident that he'll still be able to do it. So, I, I don't know. I'm rooting for Charlie. Um, there's a lot of contests. Uh, you know, it's just like Android. Uh, if you're an iOS uh, hacker, uh, you know, if you if you think you know your way around BlackBerry, there are all sorts of prizes to be won. Um, there's a pool of $125,000, laptops to be won, a MacBook Air for the hacker that takes down Safari, for example. So lots of fun to be had. Darren, I'm sure we'll be watching this closely. Yeah, I think I'm going to go next year. I, yeah. I want to go to Vancouver so bad. Uh, AOL has closed a Tuffington Post acquisition. Uh, we've obviously talked about that. Oh, gosh, was it several weeks ago now? So that's that's a done deal. No word yet on how that will change. Uh, I don't know. The the tech portion of of the uh, the AOL arm that Huffington now is going to be running, but we'll, we'll find everybody out eventually. Everybody always assumes in these deals that they happen the day they're announced, and mm-hmm. they always take forever. Yeah. And so today, to the significance of today is today it's done. Today, Ariana is now in charge, finally. Right. She gets to move in. Yeah. Uh, the HP touchpad showed up on Amazon today. You can't pre-order it, though, but it's listed, Ooh. so it's a step in the right direction. 
And some Comscore numbers are out, the latest set of them anyway. Um, Upshot is that they show Android in the lead in the U.S. for the first time overtaking the BlackBerry OS. Now, we talked about uh, Nielsen um, numbers last week. So now Nielsen and Comscore are agreeing with each other that Android is number uno Mm. in the U.S. Until, of course, BlackBerry launches their own rootkit, which takes over Android devices and replaces it with their own OS. Until then. Yeah. Census victory. Right. Mm. A uh, reminder that our South by Southwest coverage is getting near. Less than a week now till we go down to Austin. A bunch of us are leaving Friday night. Uh, Jammer B, by the way, is already driving to Austin. And he's in a car, which you can actually watch live. This is um, a service He's in a Glimpse. car colored uh, to, to look like a green arrow. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, that's exactly what the car looks like. about 68 miles an hour near Fresno. Yes. Yeah, so south, south on the 5. For anybody who's not watching uh, the video feed or watching us live, there's a, there's a service, uh, Glimpse.com. Com, spelled like it sounds, where you can uh, you can hook up. I guess what is it? Like? Actually, it's spelled G L Y. Oh yeah, that's not how you spell glimpse. Not spelled like it. Not well. Anyway, it's spelled in a webby way. <laughs> yeah. uh, where you can uh, hook up what the GPS in your phone, I guess. Yeah. And um, you follow on Jammer B. He's on he's on the i five right now. So kind of the arm pity part. And of if the you trip. want to know why he's driving, he's taking a bunch of the gear out uh, so that we don't have to ship it. Yeah, we. I mean, y- you might not uh, realize that there's a lot of gear that goes into doing anything remotely. You know, our CES coverage mm-hmm. also had to drive down to Vegas. Austin, however, is a longer drive. So kudos to Jammer B. Reminder that we're doing a bunch of coverage on Saturday the 12th and Sunday the 13th. Sunday's our big day because we shoot TNT live uh, episode of Twit, and we're going to have a meetup. We're going to meet all of you. We've got a plan cast set up at plancast.com slash twit where you can find out more information. Uh, the venue is called Momos, and we'd love to see you. And if you can't be there, don't worry because we'll be streaming it. It'll be a good time. Oh, and by the way, I got a little bit more information about my flash mob that I told you all I was participating mm-hmm. in on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's going to be either the awesomest thing I've ever done or the most embarrassing. I'm just not sure which. Mm. Yeah. Intriguing. Yes, but we'll be live streaming that as well. So be both. That, that'll be on Saturday. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Also, Eileen, Eileen wanted me to point out that the Glimpse is an app for the iPhone. So if you want to oh, cool. be a, a Glimpser, yeah. It's on a, your, yeah. Yeah, it's on Android as well. In fact, this is what I really needed for Hack Across America. I had, yeah, no kidding. I had something like that, actually, that was doing that, but it was a total hack, and it only gave you like the most recent 1,000 updates. That's, isn't, that's isn't perfect that for Hack Across yeah, America. Exactly. Yeah. I'm going to have to do it again, I guess. All right, let's move on to our voicemail. 260-TNT-SHOW is the number to call and leave a voicemail like Mark did. He's in Arkansas. I didn't even need Glimpse to tell me that. I'd call around. Yeah, this is Mark out of Arkansas regarding episode 192. In my computer bag, where I'm likely to be storing this new iPad, is an external hard drive, which, as I understand it, is somewhat allergic to large, powerful magnets, such as would be found on the iPad's fancy cover. I'm wondering how that's going to work out. Also, the proper pronunciation of that other tablet device has got to be Exum, because, as we all know, the professor's name is Xavier. I'm sorry, that just... Excellent joke. Too much time by myself in the truck. Whoa. Wow. It's yeah. okay, Mark. We're right here in the truck with you. It's going to be okay. Besides, I, I like a good X-Men joke, right? Yeah, who doesn't? Am I Am I alone? Okay, fine. It's Exum. That's what we'll call it. The Motorola Exum. Anyway, the I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. 
I'm guessing <laughs> those you. magnets aren't powerful enough to really cause damage to your hard drives as long as they're in a proper case, but it does make me nervous. We're, we're, yeah. we're talking about uh, solid state or spinny disks? I'm thinking spinny disks. Okay. Uh, solid state is the hard drive that's in the iPad, and I'm, I assume that's fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but if you, he, he's talking about he sticks his iPad in a bag right next to an external hard drive. Mm. That's that's, you know, an old magnetic hard drive. Yeah, see, I got, I don't know, yeah. I was just going to say solid state, that's the way to go, because I just got this uh, 11-inch notebook specifically because... But you because can't get solid would... state disks in the capacity oh, yeah, of... Because, well, you could rate them. Yeah, it's expensive. You can okay. get one terabyte. I was just saying, like, I, I put this guy in my tank bag on my motorcycle, which is this bag that is, like, connected to my uh, my steel tank by these really powerful magnets, and, you know, so far, no yeah. problems. No, I, the magnets are probably not powerful enough. I get that, but... It still makes me nervous. Just magnets and hard drives, you know? Yeah. Well, it's interesting. Uh, I mean, Mark is the first one to bring this up as far as anything that I've read, and it's a really interesting question. Yeah, it's probably not a deal. It's probably not a deal because the magnets aren't powerful enough. Yeah. They're just makes powerful me enough to mess up that Kindle a while back. Ah, uh-huh. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> On to the email, TNT at twit.tv. Amy wrote in uh, regarding Windows phone update issues and said, look, what do you know? The manufacturer having trouble with a phone update is Samsung. At least it sounds like they're not having as huge of a problem as they did with Android updates. I blame Samsung and will not buy another smartphone from them again. On the other hand, now that I have rooted the phone and flashed the Bionics ROM, the phone is great. Except for the GPS, which is because of hardware. Yeah. Which is not always great. <laughs> Amy, go swap your phone. I did In the, the same thing. In the case of Amy versus Samsung. Seriously. In the case of Amy versus Amy. Yeah. I got, I got a Samsung phone. I had to you know, try again to get a piece of hardware that's not a dud. I had the same <sighs> GPS issue. Yeah. So so you're saying you can get one that doesn't have crappy GPS. Just I, I, Yeah, it seems like 50% of them are, have just okay. like dud GPSs. So you know, take it back, see if you can, you can get it replaced. Hmm. Next email from Aaron, who loves the show, says, I have a friend who used to pirate because he didn't have the money to buy the item. He later graduated college and got a good job and then went back and bought most of what he pirated. This gave me an idea that maybe most pirating is done by the poor. And if this is the case, couldn't the RIAA start a charitable organization that would pay for pirated work? Then they could count the loss of a pirated work as a tax write-off. This is especially beneficial because they could write off $100,000 for every $20 of work. This may be a business model in itself. Yeah, I'm now going to be selling every episode of Hack 5 for like $10, and I want you to pirate them so I can just go ahead and make that claim. (laughs) So you can write them off as a donation. Yeah, quarter million downloads times ten dollars. My episodes cost ten dollars, but I donate them to all of these. You know, I think all of the people down. I'm I'm taking this way too seriously. Yeah, uh, but I think all of the people downloading them would have to be charities. They'd have to, you know, not just charity cases, but they'd actually have to be charities for that to work. I can also vouch. I like the way he thinks. I'm not going to name any names, but I can vouch for uh, some of my more affluent friends being the biggest pirators. Why? Don't have a good answer for you, but it's not just poor people pirating. See, my pirate friends are the ones that just archive stuff. They're just archivers. They just mm. download everything they can yeah. and just librarians in nature. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Collectors. right. You say, you say you know somebody who's not poor who who you know for sure pirates. Is that what you're saying, sir? Yeah, I'm not uh, saying archiver on IRC. Listen, I'm talking historically. Aaron didn't say when the friend used to do a lot of pirating, but it was before the friend got out of college and got a good job. So back in the day, there was a bit of pirating going on in some of my circle of friends. Just saying. Some of them had money. Mm. Just saying. <clears throat> okay. That's all I'm going to say about that. 
let's uh, we'll leave that right there. Okay. Thanks everybody uh, for watching the show. Darren, catch him on Hack Five if you like him on TNT. He's five times as good on Hack Five. Yeah, seriously, we duplicate myself. Good. <laughs> yeah, well, that's just because of the clones. Uh, and of course, Sarah Lane on iPad today, right here on the Twit Network. Hey, too. Every Thursday. And Jason Howell on his Android show. It's still in beta, but it's coming soon. Yeah, yeah, it's coming soon. A couple of weeks. Check I will be on the show again tomorrow from Orlando, Florida, and then I'm not on the show on Wednesday. What will happen? You'll have to watch to find out. Twit.tv slash TNT. You give us a call, 260-TNT-SHOW, or email us, TNT at twit.tv. We'll see you tomorrow. Wow. <laughs>